0: Sabbath, everyone. Uh, I invite everyone to stand as I read uh, scripture reading on 1 Thessalonians 5 1 to 4. But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have me no need that I should write to you, for you yourself know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman and they shall not escape but you brethren are not in darkness so that this day should overtake you as a thief may you all sit thank you my father I come to you in Jesus' name, knowing that I'm inadequate, knowing that I don't have the capacity or the strength to do this message or any message. So I just ask you in Jesus' name that the Holy Spirit be sent not only upon me, upon those who are here as well, that this message will be presented the way it should be. I thank you and I pray this again in Jesus' name, amen. Because of the war in Israel with Gaza, I'm finding that my YouTube feed has been kind of saturated with people who want to promote a certain theory called the rapture theory. And uh, you know, it says, oh, the church is going to be raptured out, and there's going to be a thousand years, and I don't fully understand all of it. Never really thought much about it. But I know that we do need to know what this theory is and what it teaches. So I did a little bit of research on it. But, you know, basically this started about 1827, 1830, you know, by a fellow named Darby. And uh, he came up with this theory and it was brought to America. And D.L. Moody grabbed hold of it and began to teach it. And according to this theory, you know, reading in Matthew 24, 44, you know, Jesus is talking about the end times and the destruction of Jerusalem. It's a dual prophecy, and it'd be well for us to spend time reading that in in our uh, Bible study and Bible reading. You know, it reads kind of like, you know, the newscast today. You know, it talks about false apostles and false Christ and... Earthquakes and pestilence and all kinds of problems. The Bible tells us exactly what will happen. But in verse 44, it says, Two will sleep in the same bed. One will be taken away and the other will not know anything about it. You know, and it also teaches that the bride of the Lamb, while the church, will be snatched away in rapture while the world will continue on as usual. And at this time, according to this theory, that the Antichrist will begin his reign upon the earth. And at that time, he he will cause all men to receive his mark, and those who refuse it, will have great tribulation. Christ will begin his thousand-year reign in old Jerusalem. The Jews will see that they were wrong when they crucified him, and they will accept him as their Savior. Is that what the Bible teaches? You know, we have to be well aware of what the Bible teaches in order to stand firm through the last great conflict. It'll be a war of words. It'll be a war with weapons. But, let me turn to a text that uh, they asked us to memorize in high school. And the way I memorized it, back then anyway, was I took the passage and I wrote it down 10 times. You want to memorize a passage, either put it to music or write it down 10 times and it'll be in your memory. It says here that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are not of the flesh, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of god bringing every thought in captivity to the obedience of christ what is the sword of the spirit the word of god and the psalmist declares your word have i hidden in my heart that i may not sin against you we want to walk in the right path we also want to also walk fully clothed in the armor of god we must not be blown about by every wind of doctrine Sometimes I cry out to the Lord, you know, I say, Lord, I don't know enough. I fear that I'm going to be tossed aside by this new theory or this new doctrine. And there are plenty of new things coming down the pike. One is love, actually. Anything goes because God loves you. Do what you want. God loves you. You'll be saved at last. Another version of once saved, always saved. We need to be thoroughly acquainted with God's word if we are going to be able to stand against that kind of false teaching. What are the Bible facts about the appearing of the Son of Man and its effect upon this world? I know you've heard many sermons, you've done many studies on this, but sometimes we need a little reminder. Sometimes we need to go back to the basic things. Every, turn to Revelation chapter one, verse seven. Behold, he is coming with clouds, and a few eyes will see him. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say he's coming in secret. It doesn't say only a few will see him. It says every eye will see him, even they who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so, amen. Revelation chapter 6. verse 15 it says and the kings of the earth the great men the rich men the commanders the mighty men every slave and every free man hid themselves in the caves and the rocks on the mountains and said to the mountains and the rocks fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb for the great day of his wrath has come and who is able to stand Christ will come with a shout and the tombs will be split open and the dead in Christ will rise. Nothing secret is happening with the return of Christ. There will be no secret rapture. The secret rapture theory also teaches that there'll be time for a second chance. If you look at the story at the end of Matthew's Gospel, chapter 25, you know the story. 10 young ladies, and they're waiting for the bridegroom. All of them had lamps. Five were wise, and they had extra oil. For the story goes, the bridegroom didn't come at the expected time and they all fell asleep. Let me ask you, when the bridegroom came, who was allowed into the wedding feast, it was just the five who had the extra oil. Are you preparing yourself with extra oil? I'm not talking about, you know, these. Preppers, you know, they stock up food. I hear on the radio, oh, you know, time of trouble is coming. Buy this food in this dehydrated condition, and, you know, you can last for years. We're talking about spiritual matters. We're talking about eternity. Are you having your lamp fiddled each and every day? Are you reading and studying the Word of God? Is the Word of God a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path? no there be not time for a second chance please turn in your Bibles Luke Verse 24, chapter 13, verse 24, Jesus, the, Jesus has asked a question in verse 23, Lord, are there few who are saved? And he said to them, Strive to enter through the narrow gate, for many, I say to you, will seek to enter and will not be able. When once the master of the house has risen up and shut the door and begin to stand outside, and you begin to stand outside and knock at the door, saying, Lord, Lord, open for us, and he will answer and say, I don't know you. Where are, where you are from? The time of salvation is now. Now is the accepted time. Now is the time of salvation. It will be a bitter disappointment to those who will come. To those that will come. It will be a disappointment to those, to them that will that will come to those who accept it the second chance theory. Now If you hear the Lord's voice calling to you, now, today is the accepted time. There are many that have pushed off the call. Come back and at a more acceptable time, I will talk with you. Have we ever said that to Jesus? At a more acceptable time, I have to watch this program right now. My song is on the radio. I have to take this phone call. (laughs) The Lord is calling right now. The time of salvation is now. Turn back to Matthew chapter twenty four. Verse 14, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations, and then the end will come, and then the end will come. This gospel of the kingdom, which is now going to all nations, will be preached before probation ends. The end will come, and no other opportunity is given for salvation is open. So, what are the events that occur? Which will mark the second coming of our Lord the righteous? As I mentioned earlier, the trumpet of the Lord shall sound, and the graves shall be opened as wide as they were before, and the the saints will rise up, never to see death again. The mortal will put on immortality, and they will say at last, O death, where is your victory? O grave, where is your sting? And they will be lifted up and removed from this planet favorite text of many john chapter 14 let not your heart be troubled you believe in god believe also in thee In my Father's house are many rooms and many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. What a wonderful promise. He's promised, I will come again. And when he comes, he will bring all the host of heaven with him. The sky open as a scroll. Nothing secret there. And there'll be the saints of Earth will be removed from this planet and they will be at a place where there'll be no more suffering, no more sorrow, no more war, no more pain, no more broken families. what happens with the wicked? What happens with those who will not at last accept Christ? For he's the only way to heaven. There's no other way. Jesus said that himself. I'm not saying that. I know people don't want to hear that. They want to hear that, oh, there are many ways to heaven. You can live a life of sin and you'll get a second chance and, and you can do this and do that and, and still go to heaven. I even heard pastors. They'll preach hell, fire, and brimstone, and then when the sinner dies, they're up in heaven. What kind of confusion is that? That's not biblical. Maybe be comforting, but it's not biblical. The living wicked went upon Christ. As we read earlier, they'll cry for the rocks and the caves and, and, and to fall on them and, and save them from the face of the wrath of the Lamb. And they'll be slain by the breath of the mouth of the Son of God. And at that time, There'll be no living person on this earth. After the second coming of Christ, with a space of 1,000 years, it said there'll be the dead bodies and there'll be no one to bury them. Jeremiah chapter 4. I behold, and indeed there was no man, and all the birds of the heaven had fled. I beheld, and indeed the fruitful land was a wilderness, and all its cities were broken down at the presence of the Lord by his fierce anger. Yes, there'll be no one alive after the return of Christ. No human will be here. And Satan and his angels confined to this earth for that 1,000 years. And he will get to see the end result of sin, the fruits of his rebellion oh there'll be trouble all right you know just before the lord comes the people have been deceived by false shepherds the bible declares that they will that they will be turned upon because the people have realized that they have been led astray. If only, we would be like the Bereans. For they not only read their Bible, but they searched it. They compared verse with verse and they, they understood here a little and there a little. And, and, and then, and the you know, the, well, Repeat and enlarge, because, you know, you read one story and the same story, and it adds more detail. It's a principle, you know, the Bible uses repeat and enlarge. It's one thing to read the Bible, but it's quite another to study it. Using the materials that you have, using your concordances, you know, there there are I have a topical concordance. If I want to study a particular topic, I can just grab that book and it gives me all the verses uh, for that particular subject. Or you can take your concordances, like some of our forefathers did and you know, they just compared each verse, verse by verse. And you'll find that sometimes, you know, an hour goes by and you've only gotten two verses done. But that's okay. Because there's great blessing in that, isn't there? There's great blessing. So let's keep in mind that the time of probation is now. Now is the time of salvation. You know, there are many who want to say, you know, they preach love, 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 love. That has its place, but love always leads to action. Love always leads to good works. Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. They're not grievous. He loves us so much that he doesn't want us to suffer the consequences of sin. It will be bitter disillusionment for many who accepted the second-chance theory, bitterly disappointed, They will say, the summer is over. The harvest is past. And we are not saved. I was listening to someone talk about this secret rapture theory. and Gave a little bit of the history. And this was popularized by Left Behind. And there's books and movies. I guess there's more than one movie. I don't know. I saw a few minutes of it and said, well, this is nonsense and just turned it off. But, you know, people flying on a plane and all of a sudden just disappearing and their clothes are left there, just gone. And, uh, you know, nonsense. It's not what's going to happen. If we'd only turn to what the Bible says would not be led astray by it. There was a famous rescue mission worker by the name of Mel Trotter. He was a son of a bartender who drank as much as he served. And Mel followed in his father's footsteps losing job after job because of his addiction to drinking and gambling. Each time he lost a job, he promised to reform and start doing better. But each time, he failed. After the death of his... Baby's son, Trotter, made his way to Chicago, where he intended to drown himself in Lake Michigan. He had sold his shoes to get money for another drink and was walking barefoot through the snow toward his death when he went inside the Pacific Garden Mission and met the Lord. Do you know about the Pacific Garden Mission? They produce a program every night you can listen to it on wyhs i think it comes on at 805 it's called unshackled wonderful stories about those whose lives have been unshackled and their ministry is in chicago and also i believe in manila they have a worldwide mission it seems And that ministry has been going on for years and years. So Mel found himself inside the Pacific Garden Mission, and they introduced him to Christ. For the next 40 years, Trotter did everything he could to help those like himself who had fallen prey to the depravity or the deceptively alluring temptations to sin. Satan's advertising is never realistic. He'd love for you to believe that you'll have a second chance. He'd love for you to believe that after you perish from this earth, that you'll ascend into heaven, and, and even if you've been bad, you can discuss it with the whoever's in charge of the entrance gate and tell them all your good works. He'd love to have you picture him as, you know, a little, cute little figure with horns and a pitchfork. He'll paint you a beautiful picture. That picture will have immediate pleasure. It will have you ignore the real consequence that is presented Participants must endure. Think about it for a moment. You ever seen an advertisement for liquor? The beer companies, the wine always shows these happy young people dancing and partying. But what are the real consequences. If they were to show you the real, real consequences, if they ran their ads filled with crash cars, if they showed children running away from their mother or their father because they're drunk again, and they become very abusive when they're drunk, If they showed the tiny caskets of the babies killed by drunk drivers, that would not help them sell their product. So they focus on the beginning rather than the ending. But no matter how beautiful. The temptation appears. No matter how beautiful the doctrine sounds, no matter how beautiful the teaching is, no matter how great the speaker is, if they speak not according to this word, the Bible says it is because there is no light in them. They focus on the beginning rather than the ending, but no matter how beautiful the temptation appears, it is only a cloak for the reality that sin always ends in pain and heartbreak and judgment. As James said, sin when it is finished brings forth death. Beware of the so-called secret rapture theory. It is not true. It is false and must be rejected by every truth-loving person. And let's go so far as to say that this theory was invented by Satan to keep the minds of men from recognizing the great prophetic truths of our time yes he's an arch arch deceiver and he's out for blood this theory has no biblical foundation and are intended to keep the people from accepting god's message so lastly to escape these deceptions I encourage you to study present truth and to cleave onto it with all our hearts. Father, we thank you for your word, and we pray that uh, you will encourage us to open it more frequently, to study it, to hide it in our hearts, and at last say, with that great apostle John, even so come, Lord Jesus. For in his name we pray, amen.